fucking closet with a spider. I s- no, no, I just kept denying it. Like, you know, as long as you know where it is, it's fine. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. <laughs> but what was yeah. the, what's the size? Like, I would say... Like, what are we talking? I would say a 20-cent piece whitetail. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. That's big. Is um, it? I feel that's yeah, like... Yeah, I don't like it. Like, that's like a juvenile size. Uh, no? Juvenile <sighs> implies... The possibility of larger ones. No, if please. it's oh, bigger should... than my like pinky nail, all limbs included, I don't like it. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, you wouldn't like this one. Um. I don't. I don't even. I'm not even in the same state as it, and I don't like it. <laughs> the things yes. we do for the podcast. This is the first time <laughs> locking ourselves in the cupboard. This is the first time we're recording in all different states. I'm in a closet in New South Wales. Oh my god, Wales. wait! Yeah. <gasps> Laura's I'm on in a bed in WA. Yep. And I'm just in the middle of fucking nowhere in Victoria. <laughs> like I always fucking am. <laughs> Unchanging. Unchanging. A constant stagnant state that I am in. <laughs> oh it dear. It like what my armpits are right now, to be honest, because it is warm. It's very warm in WA. It's always fucking hot here. Oh, (laughs) yes. The the local wildlife in WA sounds a bit more terrifying than this spider, to be honest. Welcome, listeners, to The Weird Sisters, a podcast about the blessed, the bizarre, and all the things you are happier not knowing about, like spiders in cupboards and swampy armpits. My name is Tay, and I am the bowl of Christmas porridge that may just save your life. My name is Laura. I am the three-foot-long swinging dick. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. And I am Lacey, an escaped mental patient with a hook for a hand. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, that's, yep. You brought back a lot of 90s nostalgia just now. Thank you. Yep. You're welcome. I like it. I Porridge, like it. escaped mental patients, and just fucking dicks. Calluses. Just There's been a lot of fallacies in my life lately when it comes to my uni, just because like, and even just <laughs> last night I was trying to watch Love, Death and Robots and there was like a dick a minute, just, just constantly everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, what is the, what is the, the academic merits of several dicks per minute? Looking at uh, <laughs> scopophilia, so visual pleasure theory with Laura Mulvey talking about the phallus uh, and psychoanalytical fucking just... Oh, just fun. talking shit about films, basically. <laughs> That's my life now. <laughs> Someone please put me out of my misery. <laughs> well, the following stories may or may not contain several dicks per minute, but uh, this week we're talking about Boogeyman. Yeah, this was a request from one of our listeners. Uh, Shane, I told you, I hate this state. I'm unhappy in it. I'm constantly sweaty, but this is for you. So stop trying to get your boys on me. Mm. Thank you, Shane. <laughs> Did I tell you that after the podcast episode, I can't remember which one it was, that I bagged out WA, which I'm allowed to do because I'm from here. Um, I got like for a week from Shane, who is my sister's fiance, um, like raps about how great WA is, like long raps, <laughs> really, really long. Perth's number one hype man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and they're... They were quite good. I didn't want to say that 
anywhere where it's recorded. <laughs> I was impressed with the it's dedication. So <laughs> Drop the SoundCloud link. <laughs> exactly. Where's the Spotify release, the premiere on YouTube? Drop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so this is actually also, uh, I decided to do one that he recommended uh, for my boogeyman, which is the Tickalosh. Ooh. Mm, yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know. No. Neither did I. Lacey's making concern noises. You sound like you might know about this. No, I'm still trying to find the spider. But also listening and <laughs> engaging with the content. You have a bigger brain than me. You can do these things at once. Um, I'm excited. Okay, well, anyway. <laughs> Enjoy hunting down that spider while I tell you about uh, this Zulu boogeyman. Um, so it's like got a million different names it's like the tickalosh the tickalosh the tickalesh tickalusti a hilly a gilikanko and like a bunch of fucking other ones in zulu that i can't pronounce um i tried i genuinely tried to learn how to do an x click uh and then i pussied out and we're not getting it i'm really sorry (laughs) but basically um so south african uh and he is everything from a mischievous trickster to a terrifying monster and its literal only goal is to create pain and hardship for humans i am pretty certain that i have one uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and its name is the university of melbourne (laughs) (laughs) so in south africa it's actually like quite widely accepted as a real thing um like everyone from farmers to doctors are like yes they exist uh which is really interesting to me um Considering what I'm about to tell you about it, they come at night, um, most legends say anyway, but uh, the mere sight of it might be able to kill you without the help of a traditional African's healer. Uh, Yeah, I know, right? It's pretty intense. Like, just looking at it, your life is over now. Please, please someone help me out. Is it like like, like the basilisk (laughs) in Harry Potter? Yeah, yes. Yes, Mate, exactly. If I'm constantly sleeping, eyes closed, can't fucking see it. Exactly. Sleep those problems away. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, so dude is goblin-like. Like, this is the, the way that they were constantly describe them. Uh, goblin-like, short, hairy, dark creature, powerful and clever, potentially long-eared, potentially has a tail, might not. Potentially has a hole in its head, might not. Um, with it, grey, long bony fingers, gouged out eyes. Um, and then my favourite part, he has a single buttock and a penis so long he has to sling it over his shoulder. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> a single... Which is where we come to me. A single buttock, which fucked me up. I was like, how does it work? I'm far <laughs> more like taken by that than the giant dick. I feel like a giant dick is a regular thing. A lack of two arse cheeks is not a regular thing. That's Lovecraftian. Um, I can't get my head around it. But the thing that's really interesting is, like, I didn't know this at all. In European folklore, demons also supposedly lack human buttocks. uh, Satan supposedly got really angry when he was making them, trying to replicate our uniquely, uh, I don't know, two domed butt cheeks. Um, That then. Yeah, he decided that devils get fucking one. They get one. That's all he's doing. He fucking tapped out. (laughs) Oh, that's my favorite origin story. Me too. That's really good. (laughs) Um, So continuing with his uh, visage, he's usually naked. Uh, He speaks with a lisp. (laughs) He (laughs) may drink blood or curdled milk. 
Um, oh. Lots of question marks in my notes here about this. Uh, he definitely feeds off dark energy, um, which he creates by harassing people. Uh, there's also descriptions of him as a dwarf zombie created by removing the eyes and tongue from a full-size corpse, and then the corpse shrinks after a heated iron rod is smashed into its skull. and then last but not least they just happen to ride like six foot long nile monitor lizards which is really (gasps) cute in my opinion a good a good mouse i love that yes exactly i like it too i would like to you know the little meme of the baby girl riding a alligator yes that's what i think of and that's really sweet to me i love it So they are associated with um, Sangomas, which is witch doctors, uh, and they are usually seen as familiars and they do work for the witch. Um, But their origins are kind of fucking weird. Like it's a lot of weird shit going on here. So basically they are created by Sangoma using domestic animals, dolls, grave dirt, or dead body parts transformed into something useful. Um, or there's obviously the like taking a dead body and removing some parts and then smashing a big long fucking nail into it. Um, but basically, hot iron nail driven into head, magic powder poured inside to animate it, uh, and then usually, apparently, the ticklosh when it's animated like demands a human soul as payment, and it takes a loved one, and it you don't get to choose who that is. You just have to be like okay, and then it takes <sighs> it. <laughs> no, please. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And sometimes that may actually be the witch doctor themselves, which I thought was really interesting. So, like, if the witch doctor doesn't love anyone and they only really are quite narcissistic, it'll be like, I'm just going to take your soul then. Oof. Fair enough. Right? Love. It's kind of cool. Love that. I was into it. Love it. Um, So there's no loophole. You can't fuck around and be like, I love nothing. (laughs) Like the big emo that so many of us are. (laughs) Um, but basically they are always the result of dark magic performed with bad intentions. Um, they wear a charm or they eat a pebble that makes them all but invisible to everyone except children and, uh, their witch doctor associate. Um, but you can't look at it. Like if you're a little kid and you see this thing, you have to basically pretend it's not there and you can't talk to it because otherwise it will literally be like, aha, and deviate from whatever it's meant to be doing, what it was told to be doing and just start fucking with you. Like, just all day. (laughs) Which I thought was really amusing, because, like, if everyone in South Africa, well, not everyone, but a lot of people in South Africa believe in this, then, like, fuck, you could just have a great time. You're, like, walking home from school and you just fall over and start convulsing. You're like, the ticklosh has me. (laughs) I would be an asshole. I would be that kid who's just, like, fucks around, cries wolf, and then one day ends up actually getting axed by a ticklosh. (laughs) The girl who cried ticklosh. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Perfect. Um, so this is really fucking cool. So law has it that the victims experience unusual dreams. Uh, occasionally they're nightmares, but most often basically you have amazing, really romantic hot dreams that distract you from the hairy fucking goblin climbing onto your bed to eat your energy. This is a really sexy dream. Waking up really feeling real drained dream. after. <laughs> yeah. So if you've had a wet dream lately, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Because maybe it's been consumed from you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's ways to kill it. Um, basically, you have to find and destroy the muthi, which is uh, the tradif- traditional African me- medicine, which I totally fucked up the name of, but it's fine. We're just going to move on. Um, 
which basically the Sangoma has buried somewhere near the house of the person that they have summoned this Tikalosh to fuck up. Um, there is like, they kind of had some origins of like why people created this demon. Um, basically like back in the day, families are uh, looking to stay warm, built fires inside their little houses called rondevelles, um, and they slept on the floor next to it. Uh, carbon monoxide from the fire suffocated them in the night and they blamed it on the Tikaloosh, which is small. So basically, like, the way that it works, though, carbon monoxide does not work the way that people thought it worked when they tried to make up this explanation for it. Um, so Tikaloosh climb onto your bed at night. As we know, they give you sexy dreams uh, and they eat your energy. Um, so what people started to do was like, okay, we'll put the bed on bricks or elevated like above the ground don't sleep on the floor anymore that means you'll be safe from it because it's too small it can't climb up there um which (laughs) did not work (laughs) but basically so people so like a lot of people living in south africa were sleeping on elevated beds and scientists were like oh carbon monoxide poisoning that's what they will use it as an explanation of why people died in the night in their homes it's and then why people who had their bed elevated or were sleeping sat up lived, um, except for the fact that carbon monoxide is not heavier than air, which is what they were operating off at the time. So they're like, oh, it's a blanket of carbon monoxide on the floor. If you're elevated on a bed, you're fine. So that's why some people live, some people died. Um, that's not actually true. That's not how it works. Carbon monoxide is lighter than air, so it gets everywhere in your little house. So who knows why it exists, why we made it up. It's just for fun, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but basically they blame everything on the Tikaloosh. Like if your food goes missing, it's Tikaloosh's fault. Uh, if you get sexually assaulted, it's a Tikaloosh's fault. Oh, Christ. There's plenty of those in the fucking Australian government, it seems. Yep, exactly. They're just fucking everywhere. Um, so if your cow dies, Tikaloosh's fault. Uh, <gasps> if you, like, have a bad gambling problem, it's a Tikaloosh's fault. <laughs> everything is a Tikaloosh. Uh, I will say here that I want to give a trigger warning because some of the things I'm about to talk about are actually related to sexual assault. So if that's not for you, that's cool. Tap out uh, probably only for five minutes and then you can come back and we will wrap up. But um, basically there's on at least one occasion, like material evidence has been offered to substantiate the legend. So yeah, right. Um, An old folk legend in, uh, Maniakaland, I don't know how to pronounce that. I should have thought of this beforehand. Eastern Zimbabwe. Um, there was a beautiful maiden who was loved or lusted after by a Tikaloosh. Um, she did not return his affections. Uh, and basically her human lover instead gave her a gift of these nine gold bangles, um, which she wore. And then the Tikaloosh saw and decided to fuck her up. Like it cut off her arm and threw it into the water, which <gasps> it lived in. Yeah. Um, and then in 1924, supposedly a prospector found the remains of an ancient human arm in a riverbank, which was covered with nine gold bangles. (gasps) Oh, oh, and then in 1935, supposedly he gave his find to a museum in Harare. So apparently this arm exists. You can see it. Um, and apparently it was cut off by a tickolosh, but it could just as easily have been just a dude. But anyway... (laughs) Um, there's like a lot of fucking stuff related to this particular demon though in like uh, African newspapers and shit like that like there's heaps and heaps of cases where people have been like it was a ticklosh 
Um, so in 1933, a guy murdered his nine-year-old nephew, believing that it was a ticklosh, and then was like, oh, no, it was my nephew. <laughs> Fair. Can't yeah, blame right. him for it. Right. <laughs> You're around a lot of children right now, Lacey. Actually, Do you need an excuse for something? <laughs> actually, they're all gone camping, which is why which is why I couldn't record yesterday. Ah, uh, there's too many children around. So loud, and then we've got the pugs as well, so... Very loud in this house. Full house. Full house. We have eight dogs Very here right loud. now. Oh my god. Okay. Do mm. they all get along? Yeah, they love it. They're into it. Oh. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. I'm very jealous. That's very sweet. Uh I was saying things. I was saying words. You were accusing oh, yeah. me of wanting to kill my nephews. Um uh I mean <laughs> <laughs> It's more fun to watch um, them bite each other though. <laughs> Oh, they're at that stage. Fantastic. <laughs> it, it's great. Um, so in <laughs> so in the nineties, like the nineteen nineties, uh, three South African pediatric doctors reported a rash of six children, five female, found with sewing needles inserted into their bodies. <gasps> yep. Fish. So <laughs> fish. Yes, exactly. I thought this was so wild because I actually was going to do Albert Fish. Um. So a two-year-old girl presenting with soft tissue lumps discovered to have needles in her neck, buttocks, and bladder. A 17-month-old boy was found to have a needle penetrating his liver. Six months later, he was readmitted with multiple needles in his abdominal wall. (gasps) Seven-day-old baby girl admitted with needles in her chest, neck, and abdomen who died two months later of unknown circumstances. Maybe the fucking needles. Surely (laughs) not the fucking needles. Surely fucking not. Um... (laughs) Uh, and then the mothers all claimed that it was a ticklosh at fault. <gasps> yeah. Sure, bitch. Sure, bitch. Sure, <laughs> sure. So that's fucking wild. But it, what was really interesting about this was like I read a, a really, really good paper on why this might have been the case. Oh, yes. Um, and it ties back into something else. So similar to this, Victims of sexual assault often reported as being performed by a ticklosh, perpetrated by a ticklosh, I should say. Um, And the reason why, again, is the same thing. So basically, the people that would have been taking care of these little kids would have been female relatives. Like, it's almost always going to be friends, family, neighbours. And similarly, apparently, in a lot of cases where victims of sexual assault are able to come forward, it's by someone they know. Um, But by blaming it on a ticklosh, which people do believe in there, so it's a legitimate thing that they can blame it on, they can still get medical attention without pointing the finger at anyone and causing any problems for themselves or their family. They're not going to have to worry about anyone coming and beating them. They're not going to have to worry about any repercussions. Basically, it's just a way for them to be able to go and be like, please fucking help me. (laughs) Get these needles out of my kid check me for whether or not I've been made pregnant as a result of this because they, otherwise they can't do anything. They can't go and see a doctor about it because then they have to say who did it. Oh, my God. Right? That's Fucking, so interesting. So interesting. So wild. So Through with the academia. Thank you. Thank I you. love it. I have to get the most out of this fucking mm-hmm. library access to Unimail because they're not giving me much else. <laughs> um So a really fucking wonderful 2018 headline in the Daily Sun read, Ticklosh tracker in my bum. Horny little devil always finds me, says terrified woman. (laughs) (laughs) 
What is what a what a collection of words. Oh, that was so wonderful. What a sentence. Tickalosh um, in my bum? Yep, in your what? bum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um in 2019 a uh film came out about it. There's a great trailer on YouTube for it, um, where you get to see like their iteration of it at the very end, which is cool. Um it looked kind of interesting, especially considering like the budget that I can see that they're working with. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to close up, just just two last little things. So <laughs> this year, 2021, January, there was an article uh, that came out with Tikalosh with giant manhood spotted at Ngozi mine. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. So apparently at this mine there were women waking up exhausted with wetness between their legs. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. So apparently, and I've taken all of this from the article because I could not have said this better. It was so good. I had, mm-hmm. was in hysterics reading most of this article, but also very sad because the implications that are there kind of suck. Um, so the frustrated woman said the Randy Tickalosh's sex visits began two years ago, adding that it rapes them at night, leaving nothing for their husbands to enjoy except agonizing pains in their private parts. Don't know why rape is in quotation marks, but it is. Um, almost every night when I am sleeping, I feel like I am having sex. And when I wake up, I find themself, myself wet between the legs. That has affected my marriage because each time I try to have sex with my husband, I am never satisfied. <laughs> okay. Um, so apparently the camp's going to hire a prophet to get rid of the ticklosh, uh, cause the witch doctors are also the way to get rid of them apparently. So beginnings and ends. Yeah. Um, and full they circle. think it will... <laughs> Full circle. They think it belongs to someone in the camp who wants to boost their business, uh, or it was dumped by someone who was just like, I'm fucking tired of this ticklosh and just <laughs> left it there. <laughs> it's not a stray dog. I know. Oh. Well, <laughs> what else do you do with them, really? Oh, true. <laughs> oh, my um, Lord. There's so much to unpack here. There's so much going on, right? Oh, my Lord. That's fucked up. Uh and then last last little bit tidbits. Um, so they have made their way into other, like, pop culture, which is really cool. Uh, in the Pathfinder RPG, they are present there, they're little water sprites. Um, <gasps> and there is a space marine from the Lunar Wolves who's called Blademaster Tickalosh, which is fucking bad. <laughs> I wonder if he has a three-foot-long dick. <laughs> I feel that's what he's in. Find out more. Yep. Find out more. <laughs> Oh my lord! That's ticklish. That's for you. Oh, thank you. you. Oh my <laughs> lord! Have mercy. Mm-hmm. I'm just picturing. <laughs> is Willem Dafoe a ticklish? <gasps> he is. Oh my god! Willem Dafoe is definitely a ticklish. Sure. Holy shit! Totally a ticklish. <laughs> what, what giant fucking dick? <laughs> What's it? Alarmingly large. Confrontingly large. Confrontingly large. <laughs> just swinging. The thing that upsets me is, like, what if he's a grower as well? <gasps> oh, Christ. <laughs> is he married? Does he have a wife who just, like, waddles around? <laughs> Poor woman. Um, Google does, does we want to find to, out. Does Willem Dafoe have a wife? <laughs> um, yes. Her name is Giada Colagrande. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, she's beautiful. Of course she is. She's married she's, to Willem Dafoe. She's an Italian film director. Oh, what a, yeah. what a strikingly handsome couple. He God. is a very strange looking man, isn't he? Yeah, I find him very handsome, despite how strange he is looking. There's something, 
I just like weird looking people. Yeah, I'm definitely into that. I like so, this is just a segue well, not a segue a step aside um i'm looking at like a young picture of him mm. wow really yeah really yes i want to see we shall we shall share this on our socials because we love just putting up just trash pictures <laughs> um very striking very oh striking. yeah wow he actually looks like um Raymond Navarro from uh, Ramon Navarro, excuse me, from one of my earlier episodes. <gasps> it does. It's the it's jaw and the very, yes. the very strong nose. Yes, definitely, and the uh, broody eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mate, mm. not only is the ticklosh full circle, but our podcast is too. Look at that intertextuality. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Consistent circles. <laughs> Thank you so much for this insane new thing that i am going to become hyper fixated on it's all for you um i hope you both liked that thank you shane for sharing that with us uh i'm definitely still going to give you shit at the wedding (laughs) (laughs) prepare prepare all righty so we're going from south africa somewhere a little bit colder a little bit more up north um so here on the Weird Sisters podcast, we are no strangers to uh, <clears throat> quote unquote going through it. Um, <laughs> sometimes you just can't be fucked cleaning your house, getting yourself in order. Sometimes you just can't be fucked being a functioning member of society. And sometimes the call of the wild consumes you and you revert back to being an organism swimming in its own filth. That's exactly <laughs> what I am right now. Literally rivulets of sweat are dribbling down my side <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> We're all about the relatable content hashtag here at the Wizards Podcast. Well, there's someone out there looking out for you. The sh- oh, hang <clears throat> oh, I have to get myself riled up for this one. The Schnabel Pershton. Oh. Have your best interests at heart. Uh, and if they catch you slacking on your hygiene, they will come to your house and help you out. Um, and don't worry, you'll, you'll hear them coming. I could get a new fetish. I might be into this. Oh. <laughs> you just have to hear out for the ga 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 sound that they chant as they walk up and down the streets. It's. The, I thought that was crows here. Oh my that was, god! That is, They're yeah. outside your house. We can hear They're you coming for me. And first, they will cut open your belly with a pair of giant scissors. They will pull out all of your guts and they will stuff the cavity with all of the mess and rubbish you've left lying about. And then they'll sew you back up and that'll teach you a fucking lesson. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. So I think I found my new favorite folklore creature. Well, I've written this before hearing about the Tickalosh, so we don't know yet. But this one, (laughs) like everything about these wonderful bitches speaks to me. If toads and cottages and libraries can have fucking aesthetics, then fucking hell, so can these. TikTok, do your thing. We're going to bring back schnabelcore. <laughs> schnabelcore. I love now, it. Now, these beautiful beaked entities are all wrapped up in comfy knitted cardigans. They wear woolen mittens. They wear straw woven slippers and linen aprons. And they have little, like, um, babushka uh scarves wrapped around their head mm-hmm. oh that's um, really cute yeah so essentially they look like this all images mentioned on the show will be available at all of our socials businesspodcast.com uh we will follow that up this time we promise <laughs> so that is that is 
dear Schnabel <gasps> Pershton. Pershed, because oh, there's one. They're horrifying, but yes. also really cute. I really love them. I feel like they're very, like, Moomin-esque. Yes, um, I was just going to say, they look a lot like the troll. Yeah. So they, um, so they also wear on their back big woven baskets, and then along with the scissors, their needles and thread, they also have brooms. Um, essentially big, beautiful murder bird wives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Murder bird wives sounds accurate. Mm-hmm. So the broom is for bashing up kids who don't behave and clean up. Um, <laughs> so a little bit of etymology here. Uh, the German word for boogeyman is Bootsman, uh, which translates to bashing man or hitting man. Hence why a lot of these lovely Germanic folk monsters love a good bop on the head. <laughs> and the schnabelperkt is no exception. Um, so there's going to be lots of mispronunciation coming up, but I have been practicing. So I hope- someone beside me just pointed out, sorry, that, um, they look a lot, they kind of look like the, um, oh, what's the man from, oh my God, the pale man. Is that his name? In, um, labyrinth, Pan's labyrinth. Oh yeah. With the hands. Yeah. Ooh. They have that, that eeriness to them. They do, I think it's the fact they? that there is no eye. Yes, and I love that. That's like one of the creepiest things for me. Mm-hmm. It's also quite Handmaid's Tale with the the red yes. bonnet and then the white beak poking out. Mm-hmm. Right. I There's something it. very like culty. Yeah. yeah. Love them. She's lovely. I love them very much. Mm. Um, so the Schnabel Pershton are a type of Pershton which is essentially an entity similar to like Krampus. Oh. And then Bershta or Bertha is the goddess of, is an, a goddess in Alpine paganism, sometimes known as belly slitter, hence mm-hmm. the scissors. <gasps> um, yeah. So she appears as a beautiful woman and sometimes as an old crone. And there are a lot of like regional variations of Bertha. Um, but specifically we're focusing on this uh, bird-like version, the Schnabelpershten. Um, there is a very specific, um, festival in Raurus, Raris, Austria, um, that celebrates, uh, the coming of the Schnabel Pershton. Uh, it's held in January, um, and it's similar to Krampusnacht, um, which is essentially Burning Man for ancient European pagans. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. And the purpose of the festival is to drive out the devils of winter. Um, so I found a video of a local Schnabelpershton procession, um, and it's so chaotic. So oh it's a group of people dressed as as these creatures, and they wander through the town of Rauris, and they're just ga ga gaing everywhere they go, and it's really really sweet. And then at the end, um, one of them just opens their beak, sinks a tinny, punches a dart, closes the beak, and disappears back outside into the snow. <laughs> It's so fucking funny. It's amazing. It's 100% that good pagan shit, and I'm here for it. It's so European. I want that to be my future. Mm -hmm. I found my new calling. I'm dropping out of uni to become a novel Now, there are a few ways of keeping uh, these uh, boogie ladies out of your house, besides cleaning up, which we're not going to go into or bother discussing because no one's going to clean up, let's be fair. Fuck that. No, no, please. one is to leave out offerings of food. So one such type is uh, a porridge that is traditionally eaten as a family on the 12th night, which is like the 12th night of Christmas. Um, but don't forget to set aside a bowl for your um, local schnabel because if 
uh, you don't, they will cut open your belly. Uh, so it's kind of like leaving out cookies for Santa. If the porridge shows signs of being eaten the next day, it's a good omen for the coming year. It's like, Ooh. oh, she's she's full and she's happy, so now you're good. Yeah. I'm weirdly into porridge right now. I really want some. I've never been a fan, but reading about it made me want it really bad. Oh, porridge is good. There's um Oh god, I forgot the name of it. I went to a buffet breakfast the other day and I had yes. kunji, I think it is, <gasps> which is like the Chinese Yum. version of it. It's like yes. a, a savory one. It's fucking good too. Yeah. That one I can fucking get around. I love it all. S- soggy oats all left gruel. in the fridge overnight. Yep. Give it to me. No. Yes. Overnight I want oats? It. <gasps> no. Yum. Oh. oh my god. I'm a peasant at heart, basically. I've got those big childbearing hips. I've got fucking a fetish for gruel. Yeah, holding a washing basket on your hip and just looking out wistfully into the backyard. I'm like, yes, this is my calling. Bring me some cabbage. <laughs> my children Proof will I'm die trash. of consumption by the time I am 35. What children? I swallowed those. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be nothing left for the schnabel push to cut up because there are no children around. <laughs> exactly. Um, Bertha actually takes children that haven't been baptised. She takes them from their homes and she has like a procession of ghost children that follow her wherever she <gasps> goes. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Because this is like European folklore is just so balls to the wall. Um, <laughs> yeah. So somewhat benevolent but not quite bird crone who snips you up if you're a messy gremlin essentially. I love that about a lot of European, like, uh, deities. There's a lot of ones that are, like, fucking hardcore, but also they can be like, you know what? You're all right. You get to have this nice thing and I'll be kind to you. But also, if you fucking put the fire out at the wrong time, I'm literally going to come and drag your entrails out through your asshole. A hundred percent. And I'm here for it. And I like it. (laughs) Uh, Now a question for both of you. And for any listeners at home, please hit us up on our socials. Uh, if you were to fall victim to a schnabel pushed, what objects around you would they stuff inside your bloody husk? Like around me right now? Yeah, what's around you? What what kind of messy secrets are we all hiding? Let's shove them in our bellies. Oh, God. what? Um, a, mm. Some well, things I can't mention on this podcast because my family <laughs> listens to it. <laughs> um, well, my sister. And she'll give me shit. Right now, uh, I guess maybe... 30 years worth of towels, um, <laughs> a Dyson Absolute, oh. um, a pillow, 12 Easter eggs and wrappings, um, and a gun inside a gun case. <laughs> I feel like they would spare you. It sounds like it's all in order. That's all you need, right? isn't it? Everything's really yeah. neat. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. That's lovely. And probably have a and, pile of chocolate egg wrappers. <laughs> what? The spider. Oh, yeah. The spider's going That's in going there straight too. inside. It's <laughs> kind of hot. Oh, yeah. I have a pile of Easter egg wrappers, higher than I'd like to admit, piled up next to me on my desk. Mm. Um, that might go. Plus, uh, like, exercise books from, like, my certificate. Oh. That I definitely don't need, but I'm still hanging on to. Plus the boxes for several appliances we no longer own. Yeah, you're definitely getting fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> getting absolutely I shredded. would be just filled with 40K figurines. <laughs> <laughs> A whole army inside your, your tummy. Inside my wee tum, inside my guts. Um, yeah. Uh, and then books. 
books, uh, a candle, a PlayStation controller, and a coffee cup. Right? <laughs> I feel like that's that's the winner. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think so too. I like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surrounded by good things right now. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that is the the tale of the schnabel pushed. Uh, I hope that's inspired anyone at home to clean up should they have not done so in a while. It hasn't worked on me. <laughs> I would rather one of these lovely ladies come and ga-ga-ga me out into the snow, but that's just me. Hell yeah, ga-ga me out. Um, <laughs> I loved that. That was really cool. I had a very fun time learning. <laughs> yes. We probably should have saved yours for the end because mine's about to get sad. <laughs> Let's of course do it. it fucking is. Yes. Who's presenting it? Oh, it's Lacey. Oh, we're going to be miserable. What a fucking surprise. <laughs> Take us down it. to the Paradise City where everything is sad and the stories are fucked gritty. up. Yeah, gritty. Gritty. <laughs> gritty. Okie dokie, guys. Oh, this is such a great yeah. topic. I had so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. So... On Staten Island, Cropsy was just a bedtime story that parents would tell their children to frighten them into being good. Did you have those as kids? You know, like, you know, do this or somebody will come and kill you, (laughs) that kind of thing? No, No, my parents were weird. They spoke to me like an adult, so they basically were like, do this or you'll suffer from existential dread and a lack of direction in your life, and that's really fucked me up. (laughs) 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 Being seven um, and having your parents explain why you're going to be a failure is something to contend with. <laughs> so, um, children on Staten Island had, be home before dark or Cropsy will get you. If you don't go to bed on time, Cropsy will drag you underneath your bed and into hell or, you know, whatever. Around campfires, Boy Scouts would swap stories of cross- Cropsy while toasting marshmallows. And teenagers would dare each other to go into the abandoned ruins of the mental asylum to entice Cropsy out of his lair. Cropsy, the boogeyman of Staten Island, could be anywhere waiting to strike. <clears throat> All right. So in my research, I found sort of like two main variations of Cropsy. Yes, please. So variation one is Cropsy is an escaped mental patient with a hook for a hand who hunts children drags them back into his tunnel system that lies in the abandoned ruins of a mental hospital. We hate that. We hate that. And then variation two is like, so um, Cropsy was like a really well-respectable, like suburban dad kind of vibe um, Mm -hmm. called George Cropsy, who goes insane after Daddy George, after a prank goes wrong and leaves him disfigured and he begins killing (gasps) unsuspecting summer campers with an ax um, this particular variation inspired the cult classic uh, 1980s slasher movie, The Burning, which is quite, I mean, it's shitty, but it's good. <laughs> A <laughs> lot of them were, them. though. Yeah. So <laughs> all of this, all of these like little tidbits from the variations actually have a lot of truth to them. So the location, oh, yes, the location on Staten Island that legend always takes place in is called the Green Belt. So it's an area of 365 acres of dense parkland that contains a Boy Scout camp, the abandoned ruins of, oh. the, C- of the Seaview TB Hospital with its Morgan Cemetery, <gasps> and oh. the Willowbrook State School. 
So, okay, so that place is fucking haunted as shit. All right. Yeah. So, uh, the mental hospital um, is kind of what the Willowbrook State School was. Um, it's really, really fucked, um, actually. It's an institution for mentally and physically handicapped children. Or it was back in the day. So children there uh-huh. would, t- um, if you know, parents couldn't handle it, or they'd been surrendered to the state um, because of their disabilities, they weren't, you know, insane. They were just disabled. Um, like you'd mm-hmm. have people there who just had um, cerebral palsy. Mm. That that's it. So the children that's there were sad. subjected to rampant sexual abuse. Physical punishments, oh god, severe overcrowding, hmm. which led to unsanitary conditions. Hmm. So, in 1972, an amazing journalist called Geraldo Riviera was contacted by a member of staff who was like, "You've got to see the conditions that these children live in every day." And oh, this god. doctor snuck him into the hospital, and they did an expose and filmed inside the state school. Hmm. Um, it, it's really, it's really bad. Like, I look up, you know, I see terrible shit on Reddit, like, every day. This is terrible. This is really, really, really bad. Um, so if you go to look up the footage, um, just be warned. Um, uh, that's all I'll there say about that. There was an episode that. of Ghost Adventures on that, I swear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I've heard of this before as well. I've think the footage. I mm. think um, Asylum on American Horror Story was based on this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Willowbrook, mm. um, it caused national outrage, but it still took 10 years before the school finally closed. Um, pa- some patients were moved to other institutions, ones that were t- like institutionalized, basically. Some were adopted mm-hmm. out, um, but others were left to fend for themselves. So basically just kicked out of the building and they had nothing to do. So some of them actually stayed and they made makeshifts homes under the tunnels in the old buildings. Which is where... <gasps> Holy Roxy... fucking shit. Yeah. So all of that background stuff, you know, it comes into play with the actual legend. But... Dun, 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 dun. Oh. <laughs> In the 1980s, the line between fact and fiction of the Cropsey law began to blur when Jennifer Schweiger, a 12-year-old girl with Down syndrome, disappeared. This That summer all the kids from Staten Island discovered that their urban legend was real. <gasps> what do you mean? It's like the Spider-Man in the attic. <gasps> On, just like real. On July 9th, 1987, Jennifer Schweiger, uh, born with Down syndrome, was reported missing. Witnesses last saw Jennifer walking with a local homeless man called Andre Rand. Two days after Jennifer's disappearance, Andre was seen at the supermarket buying tins of baby food before cycling back to his camp in the grounds of the Willowbrook State School. After an extensive 35-day search, and it was extensive, there was a huge amount of community support trying to find Jennifer. Um, Her body was found in the grounds of Mm. Willowbrook in an area that had been thoroughly searched many times, and it was quite a shallow grave as well. (sighs) Um, I've got a quote from uh, Bob Devine, who was a volunteer, community volunteer for the search team. Quote, when we dug it up and found her little foot there, it's something that's going to stick with you to the day I die. Unquote. Mm. 
Police searched the grounds for evidence and found Rand's makeshift campsite in proximity to Jennifer's grave. Rand had already been arrested in connection with Jennifer's kidnapping before her corpse was discovered. He was caught lying to reporters claiming that he had never met the girl, which contradicted the statements by numerous witnesses. So, Andre Rand had previously worked as an orderly at the Willowbrook State School from the 1960s until its closure. No one did background checks in those days. If they had, they would have found out that Rand had been charged with the sexual misconduct of a nine-year-old girl. Oh, God. And had served 10 months in prison for kidnapping a bus full of children and taking them to get a burger at White Castle. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Like, so, oh, no. Like, as a child, that would be amazing, but also, like, misconduct. mm. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, that's bad. Choice. But also, Mm. no. Because Mm. sexual misconduct. Ah, continue. Ah. So, nevertheless, Rand oversaw at least 50 mentally uh, or physically disabled children every shift. It is unknown if, and it was unknown if Rand was already mentally ill before he started at Willowbrook, but by the end of his employment, his mental state was probably comparable to that of his patients. Like, it was really bad, guys. But also, that... His employment at Willowbrook is kind of, how do I say this? We can't prove that he didn't do stuff to the children mm. there. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it's not like any of them would have been believed if they complained. So. Right. Doesn't sound like they were keeping great records. No. No, they weren't keeping great practices at all. So after Jennifer's murder, Staten Island police decided to look back through the unsolved disappearances for anything similar because this guy had been living there since the 60s, you know. Um, Hmm. And when they looked back, his name appeared as a person of interest about several disappearances of four other children, all with varying mental disabilities. Oh, fucking hell. for fuck's sake. (laughs) So in 1972... (sighs) Five-year-old Alice Pier Piervia. Five-year-old Alice vanished after <laughs> um, her brother and her were playing in the lobby of a building on the island. Um, he turned around for a minute, looked back, and she was gone. Um, uh, Alice was seen um, with Rand uh, after she had disappeared from the lobby, but. Because she was, her body was never found, they couldn't link him to anything. So she just, she's still missing. In 1981, seven-year-old Holly Ann Hughes did not return home after going to buy a bar of soap at the local bar, like um, a milk bar. Um, Mm -hmm. Andre Rand pulled up to Holly and her friend, pulled Holly into his Volkswagen and drove off with her. Oh, okay. <gasps> okay. When her hmm. parents filed the missing persons report, um, the search was issued, and when questioned, several eyewitnesses reporting seeing Holly with Rand and um, there was nothing to convict him, and she was never seen again. Oh, my God. Nothing to convict him with? No. 
Yeah, it's fine to grab kids and pull them into your car, didn't you know? Uh, That's cool. I'm fine with that. Uh, in 1983, an intellectually disabled 11-year-old uh, Tyre Jackson was reported missing after her mother sent her to purchase food and she did not return. Um, she was last seen exiting the Mariners Harbour Motel on Staten Island in August. Um, this was 12 days after Rand had been released from prison from kidnapping those other kids. Um, he was questioned, but no charges were brought um, with that one, and her body was never found. And then in 1984, uh, Hank Gaffario was reported missing after he did not return home one night. Now, um, Hank had a very, very low IQ in probably the 70s. He was 22, but probably had an IQ of somebody 15, 14. Um, he was last seen at a local diner eating with Rand in the early morning hours and his body has never been found. So, um, with Jennifer's case, because of the lack of physical evidence, um, the jury for Rand's case could not deliver a verdict on the murder charge because there just wasn't, there wasn't enough, but they could find him guilty of kidnapping and he received 25 years in prison. So Rand would have been eligible for parole in 2008, but in 2004... He died. died. So he died. New evidence came to light linking him to the disappearance of Holly Ann Hughes. (gasps) A fellow inmate took notes uh, with uh, Rand um, in which he described the abduction of the girl. Rand was convicted on a second kidnapping charge, which carried another 25... Which carried oh. another 25-year sentence. So Good. he'll be 93 yeah, years old dude. when he's eligible for parole in 2037. Um, so the Rot thing is, <laughs> yeah, the thing about him buying cans of baby food, they that's what they fed yeah, I wondered the, about the that. patients at Willowbrook, you know, MASH. <gasps> yeah. <sighs> oh. And all of these, you know, they had, they've got varying intellectual disabilities. Um, so that's mm. like his, like he thinks he's taking care of them kind of thing. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, Fuck this dude. Yeah. That's so grim. Yeah. That's really so, fucked up. Um, there is um, a really, really good documentary just called Cropsy. It's on Amazon Prime at the moment. Um, it, it started from, um, I have that. Yeah. So, uh, I think I have a login. I'll share. (laughs) So, um, two, uh, Staten Island residents, um, Joshua Zeman and Barbara Brenaserio, um, were teenagers and they remember searching for Jennifer and they remember like, when like the Cropsy urban legend and then it came out that Andre Rand, that kind of stuff. Um, mm. It uh, premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival in 2009 and actually won the Grand Jury Prize for the documentary. Oh, wow. Um, it's really, oh. really good. So if you want more of a deep dive into this, um, I haven't really, I you know, spoiled a lot of it. Um, and it's all, it's very, because it's 2009, it's sort of shot kind of very Blair Witch Project. Because they're doing it themselves. It's very low budget. Um, uh, And I'll just leave you with this last piece. 
So uh, Donna uh, Cajario, the president of the Friends of Jennifer for Missing Children, a group that um, all got together to search for Jennifer and then stayed together. Um, They searched the Willowbrook grounds uh, twice a year in search of the other bodies. And this is a Mm. quote from her. I call him the Hannibal Lecter of Staten Island. He terrified a whole community. He still haunts us. And that is the story of Cropsey, the boogeyman of Staten Island. Ooh, the scariest one because it's 100%. It's a real thing. It's real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These people really went missing. Ah, that little this, girl really died. I, I'm just got over the the fear that something may be in my roof, and now <laughs> just danger is everywhere, and I'm never leaving this house. Yeah, 2020 has just made me so agoraphobic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've been. Yeah, no. Let's just not stay home. Stay home forever. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. <laughs> we have Sam Forever 2021. You've heard it here first. Oh my lord. Well, wonderful to be back. Thank you for those stories. Thank you. I enjoyed them very much. I'm now terrified of everything once more. Yeah. As I should Did be. As you should be. <laughs> Keeping the fear alive. Yes. Ooh. Fear alive. Beautiful, <laughs> wonderful. Keeping keep on keeping on uh if you like all of our stories and you like us because we like you uh mm-hmm. leave us a review uh give us a follow on all our socials weirdsisterspodcast.com uh it would mean the absolute world to us because validation is what we need thank you yeah we crave um, give the serotonin please a crumb of serotonin please <laughs> um happy holidays vis-a-vis resurrection day Zombie uh, day, yes. Burden day, Astara, uh, <laughs> whatever you celebrate. Passover, is that this time of year? Yes, it is. Uh, yes. All of those things wrapped into one. Have a wonderful holiday season. Have we a good back. time. Have a good fucking time. Right. Yeah. Have a eat good a fucking time. Easter egg and then eat another one. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the pub. <laughs> Get on the beers. Um, Get on the beers. And with that, we leave you. Until next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. See you later. Bye.